right, all right, all right. Day 176. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so man, we're in um, chapter 13 today. And so uh, remember the first 12 chapters of Isaiah was this mad long vision. (laughs) Isaiah had this long vision uh, concerning this like judgment against Judah and Jerusalem. And so section, uh, this next section, chapter 13 through about, uh, you know, chapter 23, he'll pivot, right? Isaiah is going to pivot and primarily he's going to like turn his back in the other direction, right? So he was talking to his own people. Now he's going to talk to other people, right? So this, these next few chapters, 13 to 23, will be these uh, oracles of judgment against the nations. <laughs> so it's not just against the one nation God saved, but against the other nations as well. Why? The nations can get it too, as we always say, right? God is the God of the universe. Nobody is um, exempt <laughs> from his judgment and accountability through which he will bring on humanity. And so um, we see here in 13, he's going to bring up Babylon, right? He's going to bring up uh, the nation of Babylon and the judgment that is going to come against them. It says this, they are coming from a distant land, from the farthest horizon, the Lord and the weapons of his wrath to destroy the whole country. Well, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the almighty really quick the day of the lord we've been talking about the day of the lord a ton and the day of the lord in the bible refers to a lot of different things depending on the context right and so in this context it talks about no no god's judgment against foreign nations nations can get it too right nobody's exempt but in some context it's about god's judgment against israel or judah or his people and in some context it's about the deliverance or blessing that's going to come the salvation that's going to come for israel or judah or sometimes the other nations or sometimes all of creation right or some context it talks about um the coming of the messiah the coming of god in the end of time and so depending on the context you have to pay attention but but uh the prophets are going to bring up this theme of the day of the lord and a lot of like more often than not it's talking about judgment and so here and what what he's doing in this section let me just say this this like big fat section <laughs> that's talking about judgment to the other nations he's um foreshadowing what would happen at the end of time right it's a foreshadow amongst these nations what he would do amongst all the nations at the end of time and so here in verse 17 in particular he's gonna say no no babylon fam the medes and persia they gonna like tag team and it's gonna be a wrap for y'all right so they're gonna become allies (laughs) and so the the medo uh what is called the medo persian empire is going to come and conquer babylon and like this stuff really took place in in world history. I, I just want to be clear about that. Like this stuff really took place, and so uh, Isaiah is prophesying to these people, and he's doing this years. He's he's doing this two hundred years. Isaiah is prophesying in the eighth century. This doesn't happen to over two hundred years later, right? And so you just see the word of God that like if God decrees it, it's as good as done, right? We've talked about that uh, last time everything god says comes true he is sovereign over all people 
and all peoples, right? All nations as well. He is this loving father, but God is equally a just judge. And to underemphasize one is to distort his character, right? To underemphasize one is to distort his character. Isaiah 14, he continues with this same thing. And um, once again, you know, he, he's going to bring up uh, the way that Babylon will be judged, right? And he has this extended discourse uh, in verses 3 to 21 which basically gives like this ancient taunt right against babylon and their empire and the doom and destruction that's going to come before them and one of the things that's interesting is that yes like we've been talking about the problem is pride right like it all like when you boil it all down the problem amongst every nation god comes against and says my judgment is upon you is pride but that pride has multiple manifestations right and Pride here in Babylon, he's going to say it, finds its chief expression in the fact that Babylon, listen, wanted to use the position God gave them to have and exert a type of power that he did it, right? He gives them this type of position, but they want to use and exert a type of power that he didn't give them, right? And so verses 13 to 15 will speak metaphorically of the way they try to ascend into the heavenly places to not just, no, no, not submit to God's throne, but to uh, ascend higher than God's throne, right? They, they didn't want to uh, understand their place under Yahweh. They wanted to take the place of Yahweh, right? And that's, listen, that is the root, again, like that is one of the, the, the hallmarks, right? The calling cards of sin, like that to want to take the place of God. It is not to want to. It, it is not like desiring to know your place uh, below God uh, in God's kingdom, but to take God's place, and that's what he's getting at here. He's like, no, no, y'all try to take my place. Y'all try to have this type of power and exploit the weak in other nations in a way that I didn't call y'all to do. And what we see is, and we've talked about this some, power, fam. Power is something that sinful hearts and systems want more and more and more of but can never have enough of right it's something it's like a drug it's it's something they want more and more and more of but can never have enough of and god is clear that when empires and kingdoms of this world use their power and their might to lift themselves up over those who are weak um and under them god in his justice promises to bring them down he promises it every single time and it's the same thing today God is like, no, no, I'm still on that wave, chief. <laughs> like, like I still rock that way. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, 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 I don't like that. That is not just. I am a just God. And the irony of this chapter is that the fact that Babylon exerts the great power over Judah, right? Taking them into exile. But he says, no, no, in my grace, Israel, my people will survive, but Babylon will not. <laughs> right? There will be this remnant left that will come back to the land, connecting back to all of my promises. And I will be faithful to those promises and uh, Israel will have a remnant in this text and Babylon will not. Isaiah 15 comes and it begins a section where God, through the prophetic mouth of Isaiah, begins to talk about um, Israel's more immediate neighbors, right? So Moab is going to be talked about in this text and Moab is is, is present. The nation of Moab is, is present all throughout um, the biblical storyline and they're, they're located east of the Jordan River, right? So on the other side of the river, so you have uh, to the west of the Jordan River, you have Israel, but to the east, you have Moab, right? So they're right there. And so 
Um, what's interesting too is this is the place where Moses actually died. So remember Deuteronomy, favorite book, right? You know, everybody know that if you listen to the podcast a lot. Uh, 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 Moses died in the plains of Moab. So just to give you context. Um, but what's amazing about chapter 15 is he's he's bringing this um, judgment up against um, Moab. But even in his judgment, you see God's compassion. Like it's so it's so crazy, fam. Like God is so freaking compassionate. Listen, chapter 15 is a lament, hear this, by God over the judgment that he is going to bring over them. And the imagery that is that is present, particularly in like verse 9, is that the Lord is weeping and grieving even as he does his disciplining, right? So it's like, it's like, if you listen to this, like, it's like your parents, right? Um, It's like your parents that used to say, yo, like, I'm going to whoop you <laughs> or... I used to get whoopings. I don't know about y'all. Uh, I'm going to whoop you, but it's like going to hurt me more than it's actually going to hurt you. That that kind of captures the, the the relational element that God is presenting here. Uh, Lamentations will say that God doesn't afflict from the heart, right? Ezekiel will say, no, no, he doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked, right? And so you just see the heart of God, <laughs> the heart of God that even when he has to exert his justice and his judgment listen he would he would he would betray his character right not like not to be just and so and god can't change so therefore he can't betray his character that's a whole nother podcast anyway um so so nonetheless like god is being compassionate as he is is simultaneously just as just <laughs> he's just as just you know what i'm saying and so god is no no, no the judgment is still coming but you even see the heart of god here wanting the wicked not to perish but he wants them to repent right and that's like if if, if the goal one of the goals of the christian life is to mirror the heart and mind of god that should be our heart too we should we should go uh the a miraculous amount of depths uh to see people restored and uh, to see people repent of their sins instead of just condemning them, um, and so yeah, just just so much so much goodness there. We could reflect on that forever. And in the last chapter, he goes on and he speaks of the way in which um, Moab, still talking about Moab here, will turn to Judah even in the midst of their crises. Right. In other words, you know, like we like we said, the popular strategy of the day was that when someone invaded them, uh, invaded your uh, nation militarily, you would turn to another nation for, for support and help. Like, yo, pull up. We, I need I need more hands. You feel me? And what Isaiah is saying is like, no, no, like, no, no, like that ain't that ain't how it's supposed to be. Right. Like that's how it that's how it is. But that's not how it should be. Right. And we need to make that distinguish. I think that's a good word for us today, too. Like there are methods that people have when the problems of life come. And that's how it is in the world. But is that how it should be? We should ask that question to ourselves a lot. And he's like, no, no, like 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 uh, Psalm 20 says, like, no, no, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. But we different. man. we we trust in the Lord, our God. We place our hope in the power of God's precious promises. And he brings up that Davidic throne. Come on now. That Davidic throne. All throughout the first uh, 39 books, when, when it when it when it like uh, alludes to the prophecies and promises of the Messiah, it's going to talk about that Davidic throne. And he's like, no, no, no. God's going to take a descendant from the line of David, place him on the throne to execute justice and righteousness. This is the only way <laughs> to be free and to be covered when the judgment of God comes. So you can get on board or you cannot. Right. And we learn just in these texts. And I'll keep saying it throughout the next few episodes. Listen, we learn that God brings forth his just and righteous kingdom by judging all of the unjust and unrighteous kingdoms of this 
world. Let's praise the Lord for his justice today. Father, we thank you that you are a just God. We pray that our lives would be marked by justice, especially for the weak and the vulnerable in our own society, mirroring your very good and precious character that you've revealed to us. 